Are the expectations way too high? Where do we go from here? The only question, how long can it last? What's up, everybody? Welcome to Zero to One Hundred. I'm Zach DeSelvo, joined by my co-host Eric Padilla. We've got an awesome show for you guys today, talking about a little NBA action that we haven't got to the last couple weeks. The Masters closed out today. We've got some big moves in the NFL draft. Padilla, how's it going, man? How's the weekend? You know, it's going. It's going pretty good, man. Sun's out, so you know, just been out just enjoying the weather and gonna be enjoying it for the next week too yeah it feels like summer might officially be here i know march in the pacific northwest kind of always always fools us like it feels like we get a couple sunny days in february and everyone's like oh it's getting it's getting nice early and then it never really happens i mean yeah i mean i'm not saying summer's here i mean i i'll, I'll just call it spring because that's actually what it is yeah. but uh it's i mean it's still chilly out i literally went out yesterday no, no jacket or nothing. I'm just like, okay, I can, this is, this is fine. And I went to the gym and when I was leaving the gym, it was freezing. I was just like, okay. I've kind of noticed that too. There's, it looks super nice out, but then the second you get outside, we still kind of have those, those cold breezes. And like, if you're walking in the shadows of buildings, it's just, it's not enjoyable. Oh yeah. Like the difference from college to now is completely different. Cause I mean, Hell, I would, we would have been out in that weather drinking, just having a good time, but that's true. I'm complaining about not having a coat. College always had those random people. The I swear every campus had this where it would be like literally a blizzard, 10 degrees out. And there's like that one dude that's walking around in shorts, like on campus, like not even like gym shorts. Like he's not heading in and out of the gym. He's literally like walking up to class in khaki shorts. And you're like, dude, what are you doing? So this is going to be fun. The only person I could actually think about that, I don't think they ever did it, but when it comes to mind, I'm going to give a shout out to Zach Sharif. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just always remembered him as the the beta in shorts and a jersey. Like when okay. I first, you, Even in the winter went, time is what you're saying? No, but I was oh, just okay. like, that's the only, like, maybe he did it in the winter. I don't know. We'd probably have to ask him, but. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, we'll have to follow up with him on that one. I'm, I'm trying to remember if I saw him as a shorts in the winter guy, but I feel like there was always kind of those randos on campus that you'd see that you're just like, you guys are psychopaths. Okay. Padilla, uh, big weekend in golf over the last couple of days. I'm, I'm sure. Were you glued to the TV watching the masters the last couple of days at work? And then over the weekend, is that a serious question? Yeah. I don't know if I'm like your answer, but oh hell no, man! <laughs> I'm not. I'm not too. I'm not big on golf. I mean, I never. I don't. I mean, I understand the sport. Yeah, but it's just the fact that not every every hit is live, right? Because they have different cameras on different golfers on different holes and stuff, right? Yeah, I would say it's it's usually pretty good. I mean, it's, it's okay. sometimes it's not like to the exact second live but you're not watching a drive from like two hours ago when we heard another result like it's yeah. it's pretty it's pretty accurate i mean i love mini putt i love top <laughs> golf i've golfed once and it was the last time i ever did that but <laughs> no i mean the sport i it's i mean i'd much rather watch golf than baseball yeah um true that. but no i mean i've i've been paying attention on twitter at least like i just saw who won hideki uh Matsuyama 
Yeah, Matsuyama. I almost said Hideki Matsui, but that's a baseball <laughs> player. Um, and then I've been seeing, like, okay, I was going to ask you this. Is that blonde dude that was in the Masters the actual caddy from Happy Dude, Family? I, okay, oh, Zelatoris. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think so, but I, I think it's got to be a meme. I honestly know nothing about the guy because this was, I think this was his first time with the Masters. So he kind of came out of nowhere, but he does look just like that kid from uh from happy gilmore yeah i was like in shock but i was just like dude that kid in the movie was like probably like 16 years old yeah i I don't think the timelines add up because that movie's from like the 90s isn't it yeah okay unless unless that guy's just aged very well but i saw that and i was losing my mind i was like there's no way this guy is in the masters no because dude that that kid is like 24 uh will zalatoris yeah so he's like kind of a young phenom right now and it it's pretty crazy i mean he's yeah he's he's not old at all so yeah i guess that wouldn't add up yeah. so we we probably just solved that on air right there but yeah but um but yeah dude it's i mean i love seeing history get made so obviously with hideki who won the masters today he's the first japanese player to win yep. a big tournament i'm i'm pretty sure in yeah golf, the masters so. for sure yeah so that's always awesome to kind of see somebody make history especially when it comes to like like race or gender or something like that it's always super cool to see somebody from a different country come in and that nobody expects to win um besides that one dude that won that parlay who chose him to win and won 44 grand (laughs) but uh but yeah it's always like the storyline like stuff like that is always super cool but yeah to be honest with you i did not follow this at all i saw it was on tv and I saw it on TVs when I was at the bar and stuff this weekend, but no, I really was not paying attention to it. It'll be really interesting because the like tradition at the Masters is always the winner from the previous year like hosts an opening dinner for the event the next year. So a lot of people were being like, "Wow, I wonder if he'll if he'll have all this like Japanese food at the at the tournament for the for the dinner next year," which would be pretty funny to see how people would react to that, but. I think uh, I know you don't follow the golf that much, but one thing that I was kind of curious about that and that I experienced on Saturday during the Masters was I'm curious for you, especially on weekends and when you're hungover, what are for you are like the best kind of napping times for you midday? Because I had just an incredible mid afternoon nap during the Masters on Saturday. For, For me, for some reason, there's nothing quite like dozing off you know in the middle of of a full day sports binger and then you wake up and you're right back into it after you know kind of being out for an hour or so that's that's tough because i don't like if i do drink on fridays i try to do whatever i can not to be hung over on saturday because yeah. i hate wasting a saturday first i don't know why i just it's like the one day to where i know okay i don't have to work the next day or anything like that so it's just like i don't want to be hung over for it but and that's the thing too. Usually when I'm hungover, I try to power through. I don't take naps. I don't do any of that, but usually the times I do like end up passing out, it's like from like two o'clock to like five, I do like a three hour type nap or anywhere like starting at two and just going in and out of sleep for a few hours and waking up that that's typically the time. But I mean, on a Sunday, I'll, once it hits like noon, that's where I'm just like, just zonked for dude yeah for me especially on like when the football season starts like that kind of mid-afternoon 
red zone nap is just a game changer. Like kind of right after the witching hour is over, you get the second round of games for the day that are just starting. It's like, that's the perfect time to nap because then you wake up and it's like, okay, now it's the third or fourth quarter of all the, of all the one o'clock games. And and you wake up just in time to see the end of those. And sometimes it's challenging. If you're, I mean, if you're really good about it and you're, you're just a perfectly scheduled person, I, I feel like the ideal Sunday nap time would be in between the uh, like late afternoon football games and then the Sunday night game. But that's kind of tough to squeeze in. Yeah. I mean, I take my remedy at about noon and I'm just not, in the zone for the, you take your what my remedy what is that weed oh <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were saying the name of like some like pill or some uh no. anti-hangover thing i take i take my medication to kind of okay okay I, I see what you're saying there but i mean that's typically what kind of helps me pass out a little bit but, yeah true but but do the masters go all day or is it just like a few hours i mean i guess uh, golf lasts hours so yeah i mean usually it's kind of like on sunday it's it's usually a shorter day because it it comes down to like that i think on so thursday and friday is the opening rounds of the tournament and then they cut like half of the players so then saturday you get down from there and then um like on sunday it's down to just the last couple of guys so it usually i think it ended today around like three o'clock or so yeah i think so um were do they allow did they allow fans yeah allow? there was there was a decent oh, amount okay. of fans there it looked like a lot of them had masks on but definitely not the same as like same amount as usual but they had fans kind of scattered around the course it looked like which that would be a pretty cool event to see but maybe one oh, day yeah. what's the um it, it's still going with golf. What's the one where they're like, everybody's getting super drunk. That's the waste management open waste management open. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I've never been to that, but I feel like I just know so many people that go to that one. That's definitely on a bucket list just cause yeah, it's always in like end of January, early February down in Arizona. So I feel like it's like a good excuse to go get some sun and yeah, like that course seems just insane. Like there's people, going nuts in the stands and i and i always hear like she's like dude you don't even have to be a golf fan like you can just no. go and just have the time of your life and in the background i guess yeah because they've got all these bars and stuff set up like it's it's definitely it's like the one tournament that's kind of like built to be not your traditional golf clap be quiet while they're taking their shot type of thing like everyone's loud and obnoxious and it's a good time so speaking of golf how was your golf lesson today it was great. I, you know, I, uh, shout out to Matt Welch for anyone looking for uh, golf lessons in the Seattle area. I'll, uh, I'll uh, hit us with the DM and I'll shoot you his information, but it was great. He helped me fix a lot of stuff with my swing and kind of adjust my grip. And now I've got some, uh, some homework to do to get out there and keep hitting some balls. It was delightful. Thank you, Ariel for the birthday present and my brother. He went in on it too. Oh, wow. They must, really think you suck at golf then (laughs) (laughs) no i wanted it specifically so you know i gotta keep trying to get better prove my game okay padilla so we've got to give the listeners you know kind of our little nba updates we usually hit the nba a lot but there's been a lot of other action going on over the last couple weeks so i feel like it's kind of been pushed on the wayside with you know with college basketball and and the big stuff happening in the NFL draft. So I'm kind of curious for you. Um, 
I mean, what are your thoughts on just what's been happening in the league? I mean, the the Lakers are better without AD and LeBron now. The Nets are collapsing. <laughs> like, what, what do you think's going on or here? Okay, that was just yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Enough with the overreactions, but I I don't know, man. The NBA got completely flipped upside down because we got in the West, we got the Jazz and the Suns that are the top two teams. And then in the East, I mean, the top two teams are 76ers and the Nets and then the Bucks. But at four and five, you got the Hawks and the Hornets. Like, it's just completely insane. And the NBA is just running wild right now. The East, to me, feels like... I, I think the East, we kind of know what's going to happen. Like, we know that Brooklyn, Philly, and Milwaukee are going to be those top three seeds. Some weird order, who knows? And then it feels like I, I'm going to be Heat Homer here, but it still it feels like the Heat are going to be as long as they're that four or five seed. I think that they're going to be the fourth team that kind of gets into the second round. But the West, I think when you look over to that side, it's just like a you literally have no idea what's going to happen. Mostly because I feel like the Lakers are out there looming, and if that team drops to like six or seven. Uh, like it's hard to tell what's really going to happen until we actually see the standings because if they're healthy and they end up like the seven seed and they obviously get through the play-in tournament, then like, man, what a shitty reward for Phoenix to be like, yeah, you worked hard all season and then get the Lakers <laughs> in the first round. But what a reward for us though, because that's a great first round matchup. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but I, no, I know yeah. I am just, I'm, I feel like it's going to happen, but I'm just praying that it's not nuggets lakers in the four or five because i don't want that smoke and it just feels <laughs> like too, it's not too early just no not definitely early. not that early i mean there's it, it, i i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't bet on the nuggets to win that one if it was that early on but yeah i mean i definitely agree with the east uh what you're talking about the east because i mean anywhere from the four to the eight right now they're all within a game like a game or two right or whatever or like half a game whatever it is in the nba um but yeah one win one loss can completely change the standings and that's kind of what's been happening because i mean the knicks at one point were at the four now they're at the eight the heat were at the four almost at the three now they're at the six yeah they keep celtics, kind of flopping around celtics went from three to eight now to seven so it's i know it's it's just insane in the east i don't think we'll have like it's going to be like that one season where it came down to the very end to kind of, to finally figure out what the seating is going to be. I think that's, what's going to happen in the East, but I think in the West uh, we'll probably figure out the standings and stuff way before like closer before the playoffs even start or when, yeah. whatever the season ends, I think we'll have more of an idea of who's going to meet up with who, but again, these play in these playing games to get to the what seven and eight seed. Right. Yeah. So this is going to be a different year. So it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of comes into effect a little bit. Cause at least for you, this is something you've wanted for who knows how long now. I feel like you just love just to like something just to stir the pot. Yeah. And just to, just to cause more havoc. So I feel like this is perfect for you. And I mean, I'm interested in seeing what's going to happen, but I mean, dude, I, I got to feel bad. I mean, if you're a 10 seed, 10 or 9 seed, and you're like way below the rest of the teams, and you somehow make it into that eight and nine, that seven and eight seed, I kind of feel bad for those teams that were the seven and eight. But 
I mean, it, it draws more controversy. It gives a better storyline and stuff. So, I mean, I'm all for it. That's what I think surprising about the play in is I almost feel like it's, it's, it's not like they're at a disadvantage because they're still getting to play a worse team, but like, I don't, the thing that I think kind of sucks for the play in for like the one seed and the two seed is you don't get to find out your matchup until like a day or two before the games actually happen. So like the three seed is over here planning against the six seed for a week or two. And then you don't get that same benefit. It's just kind of strange. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I guess that's true, but I mean, it would be, it would be pretty funny to see like the Lakers fall to the seven or eight and have to play for that plan. Yeah. I mean, I who knows that, about that now? Yeah. Cause they, it's, it's kind of funny. It's like almost like all those players on the Lakers that thought they were going to get traded or like, Oh shit, I should start actually playing well. Cause the team looks quite a bit better over the last week or two than they did when LeBron first went down. Oh yeah. And I mean, they, and this is something that they've had to do since LeBron went down. I mean, when, you have your star players go down that rest of you guys have to step up. So, I mean, to step up against arguably the, what the nets are supposed to win the whole thing, basically. Yeah. Um, to be able to basically demolish them in the way that they did. I mean, hence both teams didn't have everybody that they needed. Um, Schroeder and Kyrie both got ejected too. So, I mean, I, I wasn't able to watch the game, but I don't know what the score was at that point when they both got ejected. Do you? Uh, I think the Lakers are up by like six or seven. So, yeah, I guess that could have like kind of swung it towards the Lakers way. But at the same time, they did go on a big run after that. Like the, the two players got ejected. Then I think I saw some stat that the Lakers just from the ejection point to the end of the game, it was like a 60 to 39 run by the Lakers or something like that. Damn. Speaking, speaking of runs, um, this I know this is going to put a big smile on Krasenny's face, but did you see the Celtics run on your Nuggets? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get to watch any of that game today because I was uh, I was out on the golf course. But I'm pretty happy that I didn't see it because it looked like it got pretty ugly. Oh yeah, a 40 to eight run. Jesus. Starting starting in the third quarter, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I saw there was some pictures of Joker like on the bench, nowhere near the rest of the team. So he must have been pretty pissed off, but. Yeah, the Celtics, man. That's a, that's another team that I just I wonder if I think the East is way less interesting than the West this year because I I think it's really just going to be the Nets smoking everyone. Like right now, you'd have the Nets and the Celtics would be the two seven matchup. But I think if the Nets somehow get the number one seed, which is very well possible because they're basically virtually tied with Philly right now for it. Yeah. Like I think if Philly and Milwaukee meet in the second round, then it's almost impossible for the nets not to make the finals because the only way i see them going down early is if they have to go through milwaukee and then go through philly like and then maybe the size thing just kind of messes them up but if if it ends up being bucks versus sixers and then the nets get to play like the hornets in the second round then yeah there's no way they're not going to the final yeah yeah i totally agree with that i could see it um I mean, and then at the same time, the set, I mean, really all these teams, like, I mean, the jazz, the jazz and the Suns are looking, they're looking great. And then the rest of the teams, they look good. Do you have faith in the jazz and the Suns? Like assume, I guess, assume the Lakers are healthy. 
do, do, are you picking either of those teams to get to the finals? No, not yeah. at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, the Suns, I mean, they made they made a big jump. Um, everybody's like, everybody's just saying, put respect on De- Devin Booker's name, all this stuff. And yeah, he's balling out, but it's, it's the same thing he's been doing every year since he's been on the Suns. It's just, I think it's just now that they got CP3, someone who can facilitate the ball. They're like winning games, but I just keep seeing a bunch of stuff on Devin Booker. And I'm just like, I don't think anyone's really hating on him, but it's like, it's something that we haven't seen. Like I say this, I say this all the time about LeBron, like how we talk about, oh, LeBron should be winning every MVP. Like she should be winning the MVP every single year. And I I mean, I always disagree because it's just like, well, we expect this from LeBron. He's done it. He does it every year. So it's like, it's not something new. And so I kind of been seeing that with Devin Booker, but I mean, he's playing really, really well. And that Suns team is doing really good, but dude, yeah, even for the jazz too, like they're doing good, but I kind of feel like all I hear about is like uh, uh, Mitchell. I only hear about Mitchell. I think Rudy Gobert, is he playing? Is he hurt or? Uh, he's Yeah, he's been in. I feel like with both those teams, you just, they're, the reason there's no faith in them is they just haven't done it in the playoffs historically. And listen, listen, Laker fans, you need to know something here real quick. Oh, Laker no. Fans. What because is this? That win that you had over Brooklyn. That How did this guy get in here? <laughs> what the hell? You're all out here saying, oh, just wait till LeBron and Kate or AD get back. Did he just have the pod? We're going to, like, you know, Lakers in four, whatever. Listen, it's the regular season. It's the time of year. No one cares. You think the Nets are going to show you their hand before the finals? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Listen here. You need to come down to earth, Laker fans. You need to come down way, way down to earth. How the hell did he get in here? <laughs> I, you know, that's all I got to say on that, Laker fans. <laughs> what? You said he Oh, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I thought you were playing a recording. No, that was he was live on there. <laughs> oh, this guy. Snake. He just pulled yeah. a KD on us. All right. Well, I guess that there you have it, listeners. You have a ghost appearance by Alex Crescenti, uh, biggest Laker hater out there, besides maybe his his uh, idol Skip Bayless. But oh my god, yeah, that was. I thought you were. Oh my god, I thought you were playing a recording. Just playing a recording of his voice. (laughs) I don't even. What were you even talking about? Man, uh, I guess just the. I guess the Suns and the yeah, Jazz. Yeah, having right? no faith in the Suns and the yeah. and the Jazz. But I mean, I guess I have more faith in the Jazz than I do the Suns because the Jazz actually have depth. They have yeah. the I Jazz mean, just got, always get to the yeah. playoffs and then kind of like stink it up. Like they this is Oh yeah. I mean, like every year they're a, a pretty good seed and then they end up like losing way early. But. but like but yeah, but even but even in the West, I mean over the Suns at least, I would put the Lakers, the Jazz. Um, the Clippers and the Nuggets. I'd have more faith in them over the Suns. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Nuggets are, I mean, that's a tough loss to Boston, but I mean, they had won like seven straight um, after the Aaron Gordon trade, who looks amazing with them. I mean, he's he's clicking with the Joker, I think a lot faster than people thought they would. Yeah, Um, if only Crescenti was on the pod for this this part right here, because he was one that said, oh, he's a nobody. Yeah, he did say that Aaron Gordon can only dunk, but he's been been a pretty good defender. I mean, he shut down his Clippers that one night, so that was one of their big wins recently too. But 
But yeah, I mean, I think the I'm still just so curious about the LeBron and AD injuries. I mean, they've both kind of like teased that they're coming back in the next couple weeks, but I just don't know how right they're going to be for the playoffs. I mean, if they're healthy, then I would absolutely would not bet against them. But I, man, I, it's tough to imagine those guys can both come back and just be like 100% right away. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's the, like you said, like they keep hinting at, oh yeah, we're we're getting ready, we're gonna be back. And then I see a report, oh LeBron's out three to five weeks. Yeah. And then AD is like, oh he's he's able to come back in four to seven days or something like that. So it's just like it just keeps changing every single time. And so, but I mean, at the same time, hell, they might be healthy now, and they're just kind of just waiting it, waiting waiting it out, and just letting people just kind of take advantage of this right now until they come back. Maybe they want to be the greatest eight seed that the NBA has ever had. (laughs) Well, and I think if they can actually keep treading, like I think a lot of people thought that they, that team would not be able to tread water the way they've been able to. I mean, they've had a couple, they've had a couple games that, that I think we thought they could win because they were playing like Orlando and Cleveland. And even with how LeBron AD, those are games that you should be able to win. But I mean, they've had, you know, they, they've beaten the teams they should beat and they've actually played decently close the last couple of weeks. I feel like they stole a win from Toronto and then the other night from Brooklyn. So they're, they're kind of holding water. I think if they can keep this up, then that definitely makes AD and LeBron not have to rush back. Cause we've seen this before. I mean, LeBron experienced yeah. this two years ago when he got hurt and his team literally lost like 10 straight games. And he went from being the three seed in the West to out of the playoffs in a matter of weeks. So yeah. And I mean, their next seven game, seven game uh, trip is against all playoff teams. Yeah. So this is this. These are the games that they have to win. Like, yeah, when you play like an Orlando Magic team or I think they got the Wizards coming up to you and the Kings like those ones are ones that you you can't drop. But these ones are really important because these are the ones that people are probably not putting the Lakers to be the favorite over. So you kind of have to step up without those two and do exactly what you did against the Nets. But um, yeah, I mean, I honestly, I looked at the schedule, the Lakers schedule like a week, a week ago when we were talking about aid, like when we found out like how, uh, how long LeBron was going to be out. Yeah. And I was kind of looking at their schedule and like at least three quarters of the re- their remaining games are all against like, playoff teams or a good majority of them are all against playoff teams so i'm just like i'm looking at this i was like dude they could drop a lot if they don't figure it out and figure out how to play without lebron and ad because that's that's what they need to do i'm pretty ad and lebron are so good that when they get back i feel like they can just kind of interject themselves into the into the lineup and be okay what'll be interesting to see is what they really try and go for in their back i think i brought this up with wish the other night but like if you're the Lakers, I if if I was if I'm a Lakers fan, I think I would rather be the seven seed and go against Phoenix in the first round than be the six seed and go against the Clippers, or be the five seed and go against the Nuggets. Like I think I would not want to see Denver or the Clippers in the first round. But if I have to start off with Phoenix or Utah, I maybe would prefer that. I don't know. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you there. Um, they got the size over the Suns. The yeah. Suns, I don't think the Suns really have size. And even the Jazz, like, I don't think yeah. they're scared of Rudy Gobert. No. And I mean, I don't think anybody really should be 
No. Like he he got he signed his big contract and then like after that I kind of feel like he's just kind of vanished. Maybe it's just because Mitchell's just having a really good season that he's just uh, overtaking all the spotlight in in Utah. But I mean, usually when you talk about Utah, you think about Rudy Gobert too and being like this defensive player of the year and all this stuff. But his name's not even popping up anymore. So. Well, I feel like he's been it's it has been on the defensive end. I mean, it, he's he's still been talked about quite a bit, but yeah, I mean, he's just not a huge offensive threat. But I think partially because that team shoots more three pointers than anyone else in the league. I think like yeah. close to fifty percent of the shots they take are threes. So he's obviously not taking any of those, and that's kind of what's made them so deadly. So I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting because I think this is one of those things where just it's literally going to be every week when we do this pod the playoff picture is going to look different and oh yeah the predictions are going to look different because like i i think if like if right now if you said that the lakers and clippers were matching up in the first round i would probably lean towards the clippers but who knows yeah i mean and that's that's the thing that's going to be tough too especially for you when it comes to gambling on these uh on these playoffs like it's going to be it's going to be a tough choice too to kind of decide who you want winning the series and stuff See now with these, well, yeah. And I'm looking at the gambling odds. I'm <laughs> I'm really wishing that I would have uh, bet on the Lakers to win the other night against Brooklyn because I feel like the Nets were like ten point favorites there. So that would have been a pretty delicious payout. But yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I'm still just my 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 dream finals is still Denver versus Miami or Denver versus uh, Philly would be a pretty delicious payout no matter what the result of that finals would be. So couple of those I feel decent about. I mean, I think Philly still has a good shot of getting to the finals. Denver, I think, has a good shot. I mean, if, if, if you're the Nuggets and you can somehow – Lakers and Clippers have to go through each other in the first round, like that's a huge win for you because oh, yeah. you're those are the two teams that I think you're looking at and you're like, okay, this would be a challenging matchup for us. But if you only have to play one of them, then that's big time because, I mean, they clearly couldn't get through both of them last year when they tried to. So – Okay, let me ask you this. So before we end this kind of the NBA segment, who who are who do you have as your leader for MVP right now? I think it's Joker. I mean, I think I think it should have been him pretty much in the lead all season. He's not going to get the notoriety just cuz he's in Denver and you know they're they kind of that team started off kind of slow, but um he literally does everything for them. I mean, he is in the same way that LeBron is like, is the offense for the Lakers and like he runs everything, like they run everything through the Joker. And I know he's not as good of a defender as Embiid, but like if you watch close games, the Nuggets are in, like he is the one taking shots and facilitating and closing out games for them. Whereas like you look at someone like Joel Embiid, like he's got to have Tobias Harris take a shot to win the game, or he's got to have Ben Simmons like try and get him the ball. So. I think Joker is just – I think if you take him off that team, the Nuggets would collapse, whereas we just saw the the 76ers without Embiid for like a month and they were still, you know, way above 500. So I'd probably yeah. go with the Joker. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree. Um, I think I kind of look at it that way too. It's like take Joker off the Nugs. Uh, they're, a complete, they're in complete shambles. Take Embiid off and they still got Harris. They still got Simmons. They still got shooters around them. They yeah. still got they still got playmakers that can can do something and probably like squeeze by on a win or something like that. But 
Yeah, I mean, Joker made a huge push this season. I mean, he's been doing it, like, slowly and kind of gradually, like, stepping up, like, every year he's been in the league. But I think he finally took that leap this season. He finally took getting in shape seriously. I mean, I yeah. think he, he kind of came back a different guy, po- like, you know, coming into the bubble, and he's kept that rolling for sure. And it's and it's crazy, too, because, I mean, like, we at one point, I almost thought, like, the center position was kind of, like, dead. Like, I mean, centers were – there were centers that were good and stuff like that, but it kind of almost felt like centers were just kind of getting shopped around, kind of sent everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. people would – like, with the Lakers, I mean, obviously they figured out a way to win a championship, but, like, they signed McGee and Dwight Howard. Like, yeah. And it's just like, do you really – like, you kind of think, like, you really want those guys at the center position, but, hell, they made it work. And it's kind of nice seeing, like, that kind of center position uh, – Come back. come back yeah because i i love Shaq. i love fat dudes um <laughs> and at one point jokic was the fat dude and yeah yeah he lost a little bit of weight but dude yeah he he does it all man he can rebound he can he can assist he can score yeah the defense is a little suspect but i mean they got other players for that so i think the only yeah i mean i feel like the traditional center is still kind of dead but i mean it, like if you want to be a good center in today's league you got to be like joker or Embiid or like cat you know these guys that can actually be a threat to shoot the ball as well as just someone that you dump it in the post to but i'm sure you you won't agree with this take but i think if there's anyone else in the conversation left besides the joker i i think it's dame see that's where i'm just kind of like because they're only two games back from the nugget so you like there is a scenario where the you know the lakers keep slipping and, you know, if the Blazers go on like a little run and the Nuggets drop a game here and there, like what if the Blazers are the four seed and the Nuggets are the six seed or something like that? You know, like I I don't think that's totally yeah. crazy. And Dame has kind of been the same way. I mean, you think of like the injuries that team has had to deal with this season. Dame in clutch time is insane. I mean, I think the craziest thing about the Blazers this year is they actually have a negative point differential by like 0.2 but they are you know a bunch of games above they're like 10 games above 500 so like every game they're winning they're sneaking you know they're sneaking away with the game and it's it's been dame who's been like clutch and closing these games out i mean i think i know dame has by far the best clutch time stats in the nba i think lebron was second but it's kind of crazy yeah and i mean yeah he's up there i mean i as much as i'm not a portland fan at all you just uh, want to see him in the purple and gold oh fuck, hell no it just gives <laughs> the lakers fans more reason to keep running their mouths but no i mean he's he's definitely up there but i st- i mean it, it all comes down to like really is what he what he's doing this year crazy like is it any different than what he's done the previous years before like i would still put Embiid above him Uh, I think his numbers are kind of the same, but as far as like his ability to close out games, his ability to run the entire offense, I think. But I mean, he's been doing that for the last few years. Like he's been closing out games the last few years. Like there's a reason why he's nicknamed Dame Time is because he is able to come in and be clutch when it comes down to the final seconds of the game, which I mean, obviously is really important, but I mean, I'm not amazed by it. It's just, it's kind of like you see him score that. It's just like, oh shit, he did it again. Like 
Yeah, it's kind of, he it's is like, doing it this year and keeping his yeah. team like their their winning percentage is way better this year than it was the last couple of years. I mean, I I mean I think he was at an MVP level the last couple of years too. Like, oh yeah, I, you know he just maybe but, didn't quite get the notoriety. That but he I just had, but, but I just feel like I mean even even if somehow the Blazers somehow get above the um, the Nuggets in the standings, I would still give it to Jokic because he's yeah. been able to make that push and do and make such a bigger like not saying that dane doesn't make an impact on the blazers because if you take him off that team's not even in the playoffs oh but, yeah they're awful but it's just it's just what joe kitch is doing it's just he's he's a center i don't know really how know how tall he is and it's just like you think of a center they're uncoordinated they're doofy. yeah he's a seven footer um, yeah and he's he's doing exactly what dame's doing he's assisting he's i i'm pretty sure he probably averages more assists than dame does yeah, I think he does. Yeah, and see, and Dame's a point guard. So it's just like all Dame and Dame is just a scorer. He he I mean, yeah, he leads his team, but at the same time, he's he creates his own shots. He's not necessarily creating shots for the rest of his team like Jokic is. They need Jokic there to kind of facilitate and be that lead. Jokic almost reminds me of Draymond on those championship teams um with the Warriors. Yeah, he is very oafish, kind of like Draymond was, so they've yeah. got that in common. But I mean, what's going on with your boy Jamal Murray? I feel like he's kind of just kind of in the shadows now. Kinda. He's a. Uh, I'd say over the last month or so, he's really picked up his play. I mean, he was like really, really inconsistent for the first um, probably month or so of the season. But the last four to five weeks, he's he's been pretty good. I mean, I think they've kind of he's kind of been able to write the ship. I mean, I think the big thing that that's really getting missed in this NBA season is, uh, you know, I, I shared this with you and, and Chriseni a week or so ago, but I saw this graphic that was basically saying that like, here's the teams that are playing better than they were last year at oh, this point. Yeah. Here's who's playing worse. And literally every, the only teams that had improved from last year were the ones that had lost in the first round of the playoffs or earlier. So I do think there is, a pretty serious toll that was taken on these teams, especially like the conference finals teams. I mean, the Lakers are clearly banged up. The heat have been really banged up this year. Um, I think, you know, I think the nuggets were kind of struggling with that early Boston is clearly not right right now. So, I mean, I think, I think that is playing a pretty big role in why these teams and some of these players specifically have started slow. Oh yeah, definitely, and I I think Noki I agrees with you. Noki agrees. He's uh, mad. He's but, he's upset about his heat as well as I am. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, hopefully the NBA looks at this and kind of like when the season ends, playoff ends, they kind of look at it and be like, okay, maybe we need a longer off season. Maybe we don't need to rush things. Maybe we cut down. I don't I don't necessarily think they have to cut down next season again. Um, but these are like different things that they got to look at because. Yeah, like you said, I mean, they they had what a month or two break before the season started. All I over think again. seventy days was the most. Yeah, that, something like that. And so and so, look at all the injuries that have happened so far. And the yeah, and it's clearly made there. an impact on the season. I think like the product has been really bad this year. I think you know none of these teams are playing defense. I think that's why you see teams like Brooklyn just dominate so much because you know like teams can't get together and and work on defense and, you know, half these players are in and out of the lineup, so they can't really get consistent playmaking going for a lot of these teams. So, I mean, I, I, I think that that's a big reason why the NBA hasn't quite looked as good this year as it has in the past. 
Yeah, and I think another thing that they need to look at this offseason is figuring out the refing issues. Yeah. <laughs> my God, they have been terrible. Just they, so bad. They just keep pulling the it's the for me, it's the text that kicked the player and kicking the players out of the games. I mean, we've seen like the Schroeder and Kyrie was a big example the other night in the most recent game, but we've seen like Devin Booker get kicked out in big moments. Um, Donovan Mitchell, like all these star players that it's like these teams are already dwindled down as it is. And we're already seeing, you know, like Lakers versus Nets without LeBron, AD, Harden, you know, stuff like that. It's like, why are you kicking out the players that people actually want to see? I just feel like the refs are kind of getting in their own way. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, sometimes the refs have a justifiable reason to, to do it, but lately it's just been just some, just some stupid stuff. Just like none none of it makes sense to me. Usually the players are right when they're complaining about these calls. Like you kind of look back on it. And like, when you look back at the play, you're like, man, are you really going to get like that mad at the guy when like you messed up and like had a pretty egregious foul call? Like, yeah, know. it's and they don't and like the biggest the biggest one I think is like they don't let these players like talk to each other. Like I mean, all they're doing is yeah. talking. Like it's not like I mean I understand they're trying to diffuse the the situation and hope that it doesn't keep happening throughout the game. But I mean, if it's not anything super crazy and like cursing at each other and all this stuff, then I mean, just let them talk. It's like yeah, it's really not that big of a deal. These but, players yeah. aren't actually going to fight. It's not going to turn oh, no. into there, a brawl. There's only a few. There's only a few that will throw punches. One of them, Serge Ibaka. He can't <laughs> land a punch, but he definitely will throw them. And that but, guy's been on the sidelines, just wearing <laughs> ponchos and weird sunglasses. He's had some pretty crazy outfits. Well, everyone, tune in next week to uh, see how everything's completely changed five days later. So we're less than three weeks away from the NFL draft. And there's, I mean, at least for the top, maybe two picks, it's already well-known Trevor Lawrence and then Zach Wilson are going one and two. Do you think that's what's going to happen? Do you think it's going to be Zach Wilson? I think so. Cause I just, I mean, I just saw something the other day from, um, I think it was Adam Scheffner said he, he literally texted Zach Wilson and said, I want to congratulate you on basically being on the Jets. Like, come Oh, God, Schefter, of course. So, like, it's just like, so, and I mean, it's like the one and two have not changed besides the fact, like, oh, maybe should Jacksonville go with Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence or whatever. Yeah. But, but um, I think that's how it's going to go. It's going to go one, two, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. But, I mean, the 49ers just moved up to three. The Falcons are looking to shop four. And so – it's all, I mean, at least for the quarterbacks, like it's, we don't know where the remaining quarterbacks are going to go, but it's, it seems like the first round is going to be very like defensive players drafted. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's up in the air. Like I think your Broncos are looking at that four, that number four spot too. I know they, they, I mean, they definitely got a shot. I would love to see them go up there if they feel like there's a QB that they really like. I think that, the 49ers are kind of the wild card because they keep saying that Garoppolo is their guy. So like that would make you think that they're not going to draft a QB, but they've got like, there's no way they're not going to take a QB at three. I don't know why you would move up to not take one. I think the question is like, is it going to be Justin Fields or is it going to be Mac Jones? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't get the recent, uh, like the Justin Fields kind of like slander that everyone's been like kind of knocking him down. Like this guy was one of the definitive. I feel like almost the entire season, everyone was like, "Yeah, it's it's Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields," and then now all of a sudden, there's like five other guys in the mix. Like, I don't really know what changed that made us be like, "Yeah, Justin Fields is not going to be a good quarterback." Yeah, and. I think there was, I don't know if it was like, I don't know what it was, but I think somebody like said that his like work ethic and his attitude or something. Yeah, it was that just, idiot from Get Up uh, on ESPN. Uh, was it, it wasn't Greeny, was it? No, not Greeny. It's it's the dude that. Some other um, idiot. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll, oh. we'll, we'll find it at some point. But. <laughs> but but yeah, I saw that. And then all of a sudden it's just like, oh yeah, Justin Fields, I'm not too sure about him. But then people start post, they're like, oh, you you have concerns about Justin Fields? Well, you should probably have concerns about Mac Jones because he's got two DUIs. Yeah. And so it's just like stuff like that, that people don't like to show. And especially the NCAA, they don't like to go out and showboat a white player having DUIs. But when it comes to a black athlete, trying to make money or do something like that's all over the news. So, but dude, yeah, I don't, I don't even know what the hype is with Mac Jones either. Like his name keeps popping up. He's supposed to be one of the five QBs drafted possibly in the first round. I think the Mac Jones stuff has got to be like a little bit of smoke. I mean, there was the, there was like all the reporting that like the, the 49ers wanted Mac Jones and that just seems so far off um i have unfortunately seen a couple mock drafts that have the broncos taking him which that's fine that's perfect because then the patriots cannot get him at 15 (laughs) see i just think like i don't i don't for for him i'm like i do not want to see him like if the broncos if the broncos could get like a justin fields or even like trey lance someone like that at their pick then yeah i would be fine with that but i i don't know about mac jones i mean it just seems questionable, but these, these Bama QBs, like don't, they very rarely pan out. I feel like, I mean, even two has got some question marks right now, but yeah, I think it would be kind of crazy if the, if the Finns for some reason took a quarterback, it seems like they won't just cause I don't know why you would trade down to take a QB unless like for some reason you think that any of them are just as good, but I kind of want to see them take uh, that tight end from Florida. So he's he's my like I think he's gonna be the best draft pick this yeah for this draft he is a freak and he seems he, like he's be yeah I mean like I I feel like I kind of have my reservations with Devonte Smith um that other receiver from Alabama is really good too Waddle I think is his last yeah, name Jim Waddle yeah like there's a couple really good offensive players that's interesting that you said you thought the first round focus would be defense because I feel like a ton of the top 10 picks will be quarterbacks or, you know, receivers. Well, I mean, from the receivers, at least I know Devonte Smith, Jalen Waddle, Jamar chase. Yeah. And then the quarterbacks, there's like five of them. Right. So that leaves eight. And then plus uh pits, which is a tight end. So that's nine, but there's still 23 other picks. And all I've seen are like quarterbacks, linebackers yeah i guess maybe the back end of the first round will be a lot of defensive players like there's a lot of and and really like some of these teams like some of these teams already have like 
offensive weapons and they just need to build that defense. Like, there's yeah. only a, like Cincinnati's in the top five for a pick. They need right. offensive, they need offensive line. I think they're projected to take that, uh, the offensive tackle from Oregon oh. that's been like insane. Pen, this like year. Penny Sewell or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. He's, he's going to be really good. But yeah, I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals need to, need to fill that offensive line to make sure that their golden boy does not get hurt again. And that's kind of the thing with my Broncos too, is it's just like, I feel like quarterback is almost literally the only thing that we really need to shore up. I mean, like we've got a ton of offensive players. Our defense has been pretty solid. So man, I just am terrified that Elway is going to mess it up. Like he usually does. Yeah. I mean, that Broncos team is like one of the few teams that actually brought a lot of players back. Yeah. And from like compared to the rest of the team, but yeah, I think that at, uh, QB position is the question mark. And I've even seen like some, uh, like some uh, trade, like trade rumors that the Denver Broncos are going to get Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, interesting. I, I yeah. see, I don't mind that. I, I almost wish that they would turn their focus to like quarterbacks that we've actually seen perform well in the NFL and stop trying these young guys or these draft picks that they literally can't hit on. Like, I don't get why, like Elway, the only thing that ever worked for him was getting Peyton Manning. So I don't know why he wasn't like in the Matt Stafford talks uh, or Tim Tebow. Yeah, I guess that's true. That was, <laughs> that was a pretty magical season. My favorite Broncos QB ever, by the way. But, um, Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. You mentioned your Patriots earlier though. Do you think, are, is there, are you kind of hearing that they might try and sneak up and trade up for a QB or are they gonna because Belichick never really does that so I'm kind of curious to see what you so, think they're gonna do I've been kind of like I've been paying attention a lot uh to this offseason because this has been they've obviously have had the craziest offseason out of all the NFL teams um but it I mean it just kind of depends I mean I'm kind of at that point to where yeah you should trade up and get try to get Justin Fields or possibly Trey Lance because they only signed Cam Newton to a one-year deal. Jared Stidham doesn't seem like he's going to be the guy. (laughs) So you got to have, you got to have somebody else, but at the same time, I don't want them making that mistake in drafting Mac Jones. Hell, he might (laughs) end up being good, but I mean, I mean, Tua came out and said, he's basically Tom Brady, a mobile Tom Brady. And I want to smack the shit out of him. He's a guy that you just don't want to like move up for. Like if he, like, I feel like if he fell to them at what are they at? Like 15 or something like that, or if they could trade back and somehow get him, then maybe that's not the end of the world. But yeah, I I think you'd be pretty disappointed if they traded up to four and ended up with Mac Jones. But that's kind of what I've been seeing is the Patriots have way too many picks. So basically if they were to use all their picks on in this draft and not trade any of them, they don't have any spots. They won't have all spots available for these draft picks and people that are on the practice squad and stuff. So I've been seeing that the Patriots are supposedly trying to trade back as much and just get draft picks for later years. And then just kind of fill in the gaps that they have, which are kind of at the defensive end, probably the wide receiver position, but the Pats are also in, are going to be one of those teams to look at during the draft to see if they're going to trade. Cause they got Stefan Gilmore, their cornerback that yeah. possibly could get traded their wide receiver, Nikhil Harry from Arizona state that they got two years ago or last <laughs> year and just hasn't really panned out. And so 
and Julian Edelman might not even end up playing this season. So they have spots that they need to fill. And I mean, I think that they, if they do trade up, they need to get Justin Fields to Trey Lance. And then after that, they just need to start trading back and then just filling those gaps that they need. But I, I don't know. Bill Belichick's just going to do whatever the hell he wants anyway. So this is going to be one of the more exciting drafts. The NFL draft is always one of my all time favorite sports nights of the entire year just because the drama and it's, it's so much, I mean, it's kind of like an NBA. I feel like the, it's like the draft lottery night in the NBA. Like that's almost more exciting than the draft itself. Cause usually like you kind of know who's going to pick what players, but man, this year more than ever feels like it's going to be one of the best NFL drafts we've had in a while, all these quarterbacks and all these teams that need quarterbacks. It's kind of insane. Oh yeah. It's, it's crazy. And the thing, the thing that's funny is too, that like we get so used to like, I mean, at least for us, like when it comes to NBA, those top five picks, you expect to make a big impact. Yeah. And like in the NFL, that's never the case. That never happens. Yeah. No. And so like Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville and Zach Wilson going to the Jets. I'm just curious to see who's going to have a better record because they're not going to be great. Right. Or even like, Man, I mean, it's it's interesting too. Like you see a lot of these mock drafts still having the Panthers taking a quarterback, and it's like, I guess maybe they would do that. And then you have uh, what's his face that they just traded for, and another quarterback, and you can see who's the best out of them. But like that would be that would be crazy if the Panthers took a QB after trading for. I'm totally sp- Sam Darnold. That would be crazy if they took a QB after trading for him. Oh yeah, and. I wish Chris any would hack us right now and give us his take, but I'm, <laughs> well, I'm laughing. Cause I just like, dude, they went and got Sam Darnold. Like, yeah, I never thought he was going to be good. He was okay. In college, the Cougs beat him. So I didn't think he was going to be that great, but I mean, maybe if he started off on a different team, yeah, he could have been better, but like whatever we saw on the jets was just completely terrible. And the jets organization is trash anyways. So well, that's what's funny of, is they're literally they're trading for the potential that the Jets are just so bad that that he is going to be significantly better. He's going to be better than what we thought he was. And it's like we have like three years of examples from him of him not being good. So they're the Panthers are basically saying, yeah, the Jets are so awful at their job that we think he is better than he's looked the last couple of years. I mean, I don't think anything he's done in his time in the NFL has looked promising. Oh no, not at all. And it's, I mean, and it sucks too, because he was supposed to be the Jets savior, but (laughs) because of obviously the Jets front office and their coach and all this other crap, they're just a lot. They're just a laughing stock. Like Jacksonville isn't even good, but Jacksonville has Minshew. So that basically takes anything away from them. And it just focuses, they, everybody else just focuses on the Jets, but Minshew, there's a name that I kind of wish LA would go out and get. That's what I wish the Patriots would do. Oh yeah. I mean, he's like, he's, he is a player who has showed that he's actually good and on a team with like nothing. So I feel like if you could get him on a team with, you know, good receivers, a good line, he would have a pretty good shot at being like a legit quarterback. Yeah. And you could probably get him really cheap because they're clearly going to take Trevor Lawrence. So like, they don't even need Minshew. Well, no, that that's the that's what you would think, but I've kind of like read into some articles and stuff like that. And the reason they want to back Minshew, up the well, not so much. Well, I mean, the backup would be nice, but the reason that no one has really gone and tried to trade for him is because the Jacksonville, I think, is asking for a lot. 
See, that's surprising because I, I don't know how much longer they can probably try to do that but like how long can you ask for a lot from him because no one's going to give a lot for him yeah because with the nfl how how long do the rookie years rookie deals last like what four years four years i think yeah so he's been in the league two years now going yeah on three. two seasons so i mean hopefully i mean hopefully he doesn't get hurt or anything like that and he can go somewhere and make a name for himself because yeah like you said that first year he made a name for himself i mean he makes a name for himself everywhere he goes but he has that potential to lead a team and hell like on a team like the pats or the broncos like it's there he's young still so he had a pretty great photo shoot the other day did you catch those pictures oh yeah he he fixed his mullet yeah he I saw, uh i saw memes saying like this is what billy ray cyrus wished he looked like <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. He he just he finds so many ways to just keep getting more and more good looking. So, I love you, Minshew. So, so we kind of talked about uh, Pitts being probably like the one of the biggest steals in the draft. Who do you think is going to be the biggest bust? Oh, I mean Mac Jones seems yeah. like. Well, let's stay away from Mac Jones because we both kind of agree on that a little bit. But who's who's next in line? The one that I think I would probably worry the most about would be um, Devontae Smith. Like, I just don't know. He's just so much smaller, or he's so small, and I know that he's, like, really fast and obviously great receiver at Bama, but I kind of – I'm curious to see if he would actually be able to really hold up in the NFL, especially because he's going to be a really high draft pick. So I wonder if you're going to have teams that are going to be, like, yeah, maybe we wish we could have got him as like a late first rounder, but we are like upset at ourselves that we took him at like the sixth overall pick. I don't know. Receivers just are questionable to be taken that high, but that's that's probably who I would go with. Okay. Who do you think? Uh, I mean, Mac Jones is obviously a given, but I mean, it's Devontae Smith. I could see it, but I feel like he's got to be, I mean, a coach, a good coach is going to figure out a way to, how to utilize him yeah so, i mean they can't expect him to be the top guy and get it well i mean yeah you do expect him to be the top guy but like to be a force in the nfl i don't think that's the case you might have to do it in a different way but i i mean it's almost it's almost a given just because where he's going but i think it's going to be zach wilson you think? Yeah, I'm a little confused at how he all of a sudden jumped so high in the standings, but he's just he's he's well, he's not small. He's like I think he's over I always assume he's just super small. But I mean, you, when you think of short quarterbacks, you think of uh Russell Wilson. You think Russell Wilson, you think of Drew Brees. Um and I just don't think that he has and I mean even the same thing with Tua. I don't think he was better than Tua in college. Yeah. And so it's just, so it's, he's six, three. So he's six, three. Yeah. Which, yeah. but, but still, I mean, like Trevor Lawrence, I think is like six, six. I know Trey Lance and Justin Fields are six, four or so. So I don't, he is maybe shorter, but yeah, I think it's six, three that kind of gets you tall enough to be like able to see over the line. Yeah. And I mean, and it's also, I mean, it's easy to say he's going to be a bust too, cause he's going to the jets, but I mean, he, i just i feel like i didn't see enough of him to just be like oh, yeah man, he's gonna be great but at the same time i said the same thing about josh allen 
I was like, <laughs> this guy was on Wyoming. They weren't very good. The Cougs beat them. And it was just like, I was like, I don't understand how you, people just assume this guy's going to be good. Oh, he can throw the ball so far. And that was it. And wasn't very accurate, but now he's, now he's good. Yeah. He's, he's leading that bills team and taking over the AFC East, but maybe Zach Wilson can do that. But again, Zach Wilson is going to the AFC East where the bills right now are going to dominate. And the fins. We, the the fin the fins are moving up, man. They had a ten win season last year. Now two is the actual quarterback. Well, so we'll see what he can do, and then it's just kind of see, question marks with the Pats to see if those off season signings will actually make a difference. But I just think he's kind of put in he's put on the wrong in a wrong situation with the Jets, and then he's put into a a division that's just it's improving and the players that are there are young. Like those teams are young, not so much the pads, but like the bills and the dolphins are, are pretty young teams. So it's going to be tough for him to kind of evolve and transition into the NFL scene, but yeah, especially coming from like BYU to New York. Yeah. Although I think I'd rather uh, as much as the jets suck, I think I'd rather go to the jets than the, jaguars <laughs> i just that? would way rather be in 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 the big apple than jacksonville than jacksonville yeah that's just me though yeah. what yeah let's see what nfl teams are there like that you would hate to be drafted by worst locations i mean kansas city chiefs i feel like are up there i would hate to live in kansas city there's, I mean, I feel like like NBA teams, they got the best locations. Like yeah, most NFL, of them are in Bay. I mean, like Green Bay would be oh, awful. God, no. Um, I, mean, I don't necessarily like uh, New England. I, I don't think would like it's Foxborough. So yeah, it's just like you'd probably live in Boston, though. I mean, Cleveland yeah. would suck. Buffalo, I do not think would be fun. You're no. like, there's really nothing in Buffalo. Washington. DC could be cool, I feel like. I mean, like. But like Cincinnati, that would be pretty shitty. Carolina. Carolina probably would not be the best. Baltimore, I wouldn't want to live in Baltimore. Oh, God, no. I don't think their players even live in Baltimore. I guess at least the nice thing for a lot of those those like Northeast Coast people is they're, you're so close to New York and whatnot that you can, you yeah. can go like li- – you could live in New York in the offseason pretty easily. But but yeah, you're right. There are The NFL definitely does have more of those kind of smaller cities that – you just wouldn't want to touch like i live in miami though hey even tampa is looking pretty good sometimes too all right everybody thanks for joining us this week uh we hope you guys have a awesome week enjoy the sunshine that's coming up in the pacific northwest get outside me and padilla are going to be getting our tan on right padilla oh for sure i am pale as fuck yeah it's about time to uh Get, get ready for the summer. I feel like we just kind of need to get that base layer going. Yeah, I'm ready for you to start rocking your Barstool Miami tank, huh? Oh, <laughs> God, the hat was tempting to get. I love that they're playing an office down there. That mayor of Miami, he just keeps recruiting people. Can't wait. To, for a lot to better go. than the mayor of Seattle, but that's Can't wait for another to time. get down to Miami and watch a game at Brazzers Arena. <laughs> we can only dream, right? <laughs> oh, for sure. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. Later.